Oh, Lord, it's good to be with your people. It's good to be here with the church, Lord, and I'm, I'm really encouraged, Lord, to be able to bring the word this morning. And Father, I pray you'd be of help. Lord, you'd be of help to me. I need your help, Lord. Lord, it's been a long week, and I, I am in great need of your grace and your mercy and your spirit, Lord. Father, I pray that uh, even now, God, you would allow my voice to be able to proclaim your word for the next hour or so, Lord. And God, you'd strengthen my own soul to do it, Lord. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. I pray for our guests this morning. God, that the word of the, the, word of the living and true God would go into our hearts, Lord, please. God, do not let your word be preached in vain this morning. Please, oh God, do a work this morning. Send your spirit, Father, to convict, Lord, to rebuke, to encourage, to exhort, Lord. Whatever we need, you know what we need this morning. Father, I pray you glorify your own name. And God, you'd strengthen your people. Please, Lord, I pray that this word, God, would be useful to the brethren, Lord. That it would be for your glory and for your namesake. Father, we also pray for our dear brothers there in Peru, Lord, that you'd strengthen them. God, that the word would go forth in power this week for your glory, for the good of the church, Lord, for the edification of the saints. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just so you know, uh, ma'am, we do have a uh, just a back room. If, if you can just go back there just for a minute, yeah, yeah, not a problem. We send our kids back there too sometimes. So, yep, not a problem, not a problem. All right, brother. And this morning, uh, what I want to do is I want to talk to us about dealing with being delayed. Being delayed. Now, nobody likes to be delayed. Now you get into the car with your family, you go on a ready for a big road trip, you hit the road, and there's the big signs, expect major delay. Or maybe you get to the airport and uh, you're ready to catch your flight, you go look at the, at, the, at the airport plane monitor and it says that your flight, JX521, whatever, delayed. Or maybe it's you're sick and you need to go for testing at the doctor's office. And the doctor calls you and says, your results for your MRI or your CAT scan or what have you are delayed. And you won't get the results, maybe for another few more weeks. Or maybe it's you're looking for a new job and you're putting in applications and the whole process is one of delay. Or maybe it's you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to move out or you want to find a new house to rent or 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 whatever it whatever have you and it just seems that the market isn't so great and so you're in a period of delay or undoubtedly brother and you have plans in your christian life you ought to have plans you ought to have goals you ought to want to see things accomplished in your christian life you want to see things happen you have burdens and as it turns out, your plans are delayed and things aren't happening the way you might like to see them happen. Brethren, delay of your plans and desires and burdens in the Christian life can be one of the most frustrating and discouraging things. And you could attest to that. When we experience delay, typically it's out of our control. No fault of our own, typically. I know there's exceptions to that. 
But brethren, delay, what it could do in the life of the Christian is it could, it could aggravate us. Delay could cause us to be impatient. Delay could cause us to do things that we would not otherwise do and behave in ways that we would not otherwise behave because we are in a process of waiting. We're in a process of delay. And brethren, in the midst of delay, what it could cause us to do is to doubt the goodness of God. To doubt the goodness of God and for us to live in spiritual despair as we wait for whatever you're waiting for. And in the midst of delay, brethren, it could cause us to stop trusting in the Lord and to take matters into our own hands. Delay can be lethal on our spiritual walk. Now, however, church, what we need to remember this morning is this, is that in delay, we need to understand that even in the delayed plans and desires fall under the sovereign purposes of God. And that though life may not be working out as we want, or we may be in a period of waiting, whatever, that, whatever have you, we need to recognize and remember that God is good and He is in control over every aspect of our life. And He is teaching us something. He is teaching us very important things in the midst of delay as He keeps us waiting. And you parents know this because you are constantly teaching your children the same lessons. When your children ask, Mommy, Daddy, I want this thing, and you tell them, hold on a minute, honey, or you need to wait for that, or yes, I will give you that, but, it, but I'll give it to you later. What are you teaching them? You're teaching them to trust you, and you're teaching them that they need to submit to your authority over their life. You see that? It's the same way with God. It's the same way with the Lord. Brother, in the midst of delay, what God is teaching is for us to trust Him and for us to submit to His Lordship over our life. Because He's our King. He's our Lord. we got to come underneath Him and wait. And as I hear a lot of your parents say, we're to wait with a happy heart. <laughs> Much easier to say to your children, a lot harder to obey that in the midst of waiting and delay, to do it with a happy heart. And brethren, in the same way, our behavior in the midst of delay, when our plans aren't going the way we want them, our behavior is vital. It is important how we respond in the midst of delay. David experienced delay. You don't need to turn there, but just listen here. Psalm chapter 62, verse 1 and verse 5. That's what David says. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. Brother, for David, he had one hope in delay, and it was that the Lord is good. He looked to the Lord as his soul waited in silence for his deliverance. Psalm 69, verse 3. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. There's David. He's weary in the midst of delay, waiting upon the Lord. You ever feel that way when you're waiting? You just, your soul is weary, just cast down. His eyes are growing dim, waiting for his God. He's tired. Is experiencing weariness in the midst of delay. Psalm chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Brethren, we need to preach that to our own souls. To be strong and let our hearts take courage. Wait for the Lord. Because our steadfast hope has got to be in God. And we need to be a people who believe that God is good. He is good toward His people. And you think about this in the Bible. There's examples of this all over the place. I want to give you some examples here. Just to kind of get your thoughts thinking, oh yeah, that's, that's true. A lot of people are, are, are caught in the midst of delay. Remember Abraham and Sarah. They were promised they were going to have a child. Five years goes by, no child. Ten years goes by, no child. Fifteen years go by, no child yet. Their trust in the Lord was heavily tested. Heavily tested before God gave Abraham and Sarah a son, Isaac. Remember Joseph. Joseph in the book of Genesis. Remember he had those dreams that he was going to uh, be king and be ruler? Remember all the stars were, were, were bowing down to him? And, and, and that, that, that's a picture of kingship. He was going to be king. He was going to be a ruler. But then what, what happens to him after that? He gets sold into Egypt. You find he's in jail in Potiphar's house. There in Israel in a period of waiting. A period of delay to see God's plans and purposes fulfilled in his life. Remember Moses and Israel. Remember Israel is in bondage in Egypt. And remember Moses raised up to, to, to try to deliver the people. And did they accept his deliverance at first? No, right? They did not. So what did Moses have to do? Moses had to flee out of Egypt into Midian, into the wilderness. And he was there for 40 years. Israel's deliverance was delayed by 40 years. Waiting for the Lord in the midst of delay. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Remember Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua, were, they were uh, faithful spies. And uh, remember they went out and they spied out the promised land. And they brought back a good report. They said the land is good. We could take the land. We could, we, God is with us. We could, we could beat these people in battle. This is the inheritance. Here, here it is. We, we could take it. Remember the other ten spies brought a bad report? Oh, we can't take it. These guys are huge. There's a lot of them. We can't do it. We're doomed. And God said that none of that generation would enter the promised land. Not even Moses got to enter the promised land or Aaron. But only Caleb and Joshua. But you know what? Did they just enter in right away? No, they had to pass through 40 years of delay with the nation of Israel before they got what was promised to them, before they could get to enjoy God's blessings. 40 years of delay. Remember King Saul? King Saul, if you remember, he was to wait seven days for Samuel to come and offer a sacrifice to bless the people as they went out to fight the Philistines. And so on day seven, Saul's been waiting for Samuel. And he sees that the Philistines are mustering up. Their, they're coming in for battle. He starts panicking. He starts doubting God's promises. He starts doubting God's goodness. And he disobeys the word of the prophet. And what does he do? He offers sacrifice himself, remember? He didn't wait. He only had to wait seven days. But he started to panic. 
And he offered the sacrifice himself. And brother, he lost the kingdom because of that. He did not heed Yahweh's prophet Samuel. He didn't listen. He took matters into his own hands. He couldn't wait just another hour. He had to do something. And he lost the kingdom. Not good behavior in the midst of delay. Remember King David. Last example here. King David. He was anointed as king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Does he become king in 1 Samuel chapter 17? No, he does not. He has to wait a long time to finally ascend to the throne in 2 Samuel. So he had to wait. You see that? There was a delay in, in, in the time of which he would ascend to the throne. So my point in all this, brother, is just to kind of get your, get your wheels spinning here, that a lot of people in the Bible experience delay. Delay. Plans are delayed. Uh, things aren't going well for them. How do they respond? All these different things. And brethren, in the midst of all of this, you've got to ask yourself a question. In the midst of delay, and whatever it would be for your life, do you trust the Lord? That's the question. Do you trust Him? Do we trust Him while we wait? And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at a couple examples of delay in the Bible. And I want to see what can we glean from these examples? What can we apply? What can we, what can we feed upon in the midst of delay? So I want you to open up your Bibles here to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Romans. Acts chapter 24. I want to look at the Apostle Paul here. I want to look at a few examples from the Apostle Paul and a couple other examples uh, in the Bible. Uh, one from Isaiah as well that uh, Giovanni read earlier, but and I want to want to glean some things here. So, so we got to kind of dive right in here, and I don't have a whole lot of time to just go through all the context. You can, you can read this stuff for yourself to kind of see what's going on. But Paul on these missionary journeys, right? He's out planting churches, out serving the Lord. Uh, he's doing all these good things for 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 the kingdom. Uh, the Jews and the religious elite don't like this. Uh, they, they, they seize Paul and they're starting to lay accusations against him. Okay? So they bring him to uh, the governor, Felix. And so if you look at the heading at the top of uh, chapter 24, you see that it's Paul before Felix at Caesarea. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to pick, pick up right here. I want to just read verses 22 to 27. And then I want to point a few things out here. So here is Paul. He's laying out his defense before Felix, the governor. It says in verse 22, But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, When when Lysias, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days, Felix came with his, with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, 
And he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ. And he reasoned about righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment. Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Borcius Festus, and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. And so here's the Apostle Paul. He's accused by the Jews for doing nothing wrong. He's speaking to Felix the governor. And he's speaking to him about, about, about righteousness, about uh, self-control, about the coming judgment, verse 25, about faith in Christ. And it says there that Paul was left in prison for how long? What did it say there in verse 27? Two years. Paul delayed. Paul left in prison for two years. Why is this important? Well, if you just turn back to Acts chapter 23... Verse 11, Acts 23, verse 11. Look at what the Lord Jesus tells Paul. It says, The following night, the Lord stood by him, that's Paul, and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. And so here's Paul. He's going to go and testify of Christ in Rome. That's what Jesus told him he's going to go do. But brethren, is he in Rome? No, he's not in Rome. In fact, to the contrary, he's in jail. He's in jail for two years. Just think of it. Just think of it for a minute. It's so easy for us to read our Bible and just read past saying, oh yeah, Paul's in jail for two years. Oh, hold on a minute. Stop a second. That's a long time. Think, two years ago today, and all that's happened in your life, and imagine being in jail for those two years and getting out today. That's a long time to be delayed in your plans. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't frustration begin to mount up after a few months? After six months? After one year? <laughs> I mean, Paul's out serving the Lord, brother. He's doing good things. He's planting churches. Like, Lord, don't, don't you need the gospel to go forth? Don't, don't you need Paul out doing the work of the kingdom? And here he is. He's in jail. Yeah, he has a little freedom. He's under house arrest. He has a, he has a Roman guard guarding him. But here he is. Plans hindered. Plans are hindered in the midst of delay. Now, I want you to pay attention here. Paul's behavior and his conduct in the midst of delay... It's very good for us to see here. Brethren, your behavior while you're waiting is extremely important for all of us to think about this. I want you to see something here. Go to Acts chapter 26. Uh, a lot of stuff is kind of happening here, but it's, kind of, it's the same timeline here. And, and Paul, Paul begins to stand. So, so, so Felix is out. A new governor is in. And Paul now is going to appeal his case before Agrippa. You see that at the top of verse 26? It says Paul's defense before Agrippa. Now, now this, is, this is King Herod Agrippa II. Now, why is that important? Well, he's the son of King Herod Agrippa I. 
King Herod Agrippa, Agrippa I is the one who killed James, the brother of John, earlier in Acts. And he's the one who wanted to kill Peter too. But remember, Peter had a miraculous escape out of jail. You remember that earlier in Acts? You can go read about it earlier in Acts if you don't know what I'm talking about. But this is his son. Okay, so, so, so Paul is standing before King Herod Agrippa, ready to give his defense. And look at what he says here. Verse 26, or chapter 26, verse 1. So Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. Verse 2. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. And then Paul goes on to give his testimony. Now, now, now wait a second here. Stop. Go back. Verse 2. Here's Paul. He's going to give his defense. He's been in jail for two years. And he says, I consider myself Fortunate. Stop. Fortunate? Fortunate? Paul's been in jail unjustly for two years. If you were in jail unjustly because of false accusations for two years and you were able to stand before the king, would the first words out of your mouth be, I consider myself fortunate? Would you not complain? Hey, hey, Agrippa, I've been in jail for two years. Unjustly. What's going on here? I mean, would you not throw a fit? Maybe, maybe you wouldn't. I, I, I'm challenged here. I am, I am, I'm challenged here. I consider myself fortunate. Brethren, Paul sees an opportunity here. He sees an opportunity to speak of Christ. And he's going to, and we're gonna, I'm going to look at that in a second. Brethren, if he had not been delayed, he would not be standing before this king about to tell him of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to see that. Had he not been delayed, he would not be standing before this king testifying of Christ. He has opportunity here. Brethren, Paul has eyes to see the bigger picture. You see that? The bigger picture. Brother, we've got to be people who see the bigger picture of what's going on in the world, what God's doing in our life, not be so nearsighted, not to be so, so, so wrapped up in, in, in our own miseries, in our own difficulties, in our own trials. But what is God doing? Is He not sovereign over all of your steps? He most certainly is. You're here, whether you live here or you're visiting here from uh, Washington or Oregon. Washington? Washington. Washington, whether you live here or you're visiting here, you're, you're in this room by divine appointment. God is leading and directing your steps. And had not Paul been delayed, he wouldn't be able to have this opportunity. And look at what Paul does here. Paul is faithful. He's faithful to speak and testify of the goodness of God in Christ. Look at, look at verse 19. Paul, Paul gives his testimony. He's telling King Agrippa what happened to him on the Damascus Road. Uh, you know, the, 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 the command that God gave him. 
uh, to go out and to preach to the Gentiles. And look at what he says in verse 19. He says, therefore, uh, chapter 26, verse 19. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the regions of, Ju- of Judea, also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying to both small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses say would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, He would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I'm speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things have escaped his notice. For this has not been done in a corner, King Agrippa. Do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. And look at this. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Brethren, you see that? You see that? He is standing before King Agrippa, boldly testifying. Look at what he says in verse number 23, that the Christ must suffer. This is talking about the atonement. Jesus on the cross. His resurrection. He'd be the first to rise from the dead. And that light would be proclaimed to our people and to the Gentiles. And he says, King Agrippa... You believe the prophets. I know you believe the prophets. I know you do. (laughs) And he says, Paul, you're going to persuade me to be a Christian. You see that, brethren? He is taking advantage of an opportunity here. He's being faithful. He's being faithful. Right where God has him. Delayed two years trying to get to Rome. Delayed two years. And he's being faithful to testify of Christ. Oh, brethren, that we would have eyes to see. That wherever you're at in the midst of whatever delay you're dealing with, and you're all dealing with some on some degree, we ought to be people who are faithful. Faithful to serve the Lord right where we are at. Whatever we're dealing with. In the midst of broken plans. He sought to persuade Agrippa. You know what it says in Matthew chapter 10? You can turn over there if you like. Matthew chapter 10. This is what Jesus tells His disciples. He says, starting in verse 16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He says, beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake 
to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Brethren, you see that? Paul is in jail by design. It's by design so that he would bear witness of Christ before kings and before the Gentiles. His delay is by design, brethren. He's sovereign over it. You see that? It's by design. Brethren, nothing happens outside of the sovereign goodness and infinite mercy of God. I want you to see some passages here in Proverbs that speak to this. About, about God's sovereignty over what's going on in our life. Go to, go to Proverbs. And I, you know, uh, I hope these verses become your friend. Because I go back to these so much. I love these passages. Proverbs chapter 16. I'm gonna, we're going to look at, at, at three of them. One in Proverbs 16, one in 19, and one in 20. Look what it says here. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Look at verse 9. Proverbs 16. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You see that? We plan our way. We have plans to do this and to do that. But behind all of that and over all of it is the sovereign purposes of God. To lead you and to guide you. Look at Proverbs chapter 19. Verse 21. Proverbs 19 verse 21. Many are the plans in the heart of... Or, or many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. What a joy that is. What a comfort that is, brethren. Many plans. You got many plans in your mind? I most certainly you do. You certainly have plans going on. You want to do this, you want to do that, you want to accomplish this, you want to see this happen. Plan to do this, plan to do that. You, even small things. Plan to go to, I don't know, your, your parents' house after here to go swimming. I heard that somewhere around here uh, earlier. Got plans to go. You got plans to go to the store after here. You got plans to do this even today this afternoon. But brethren, even in the midst of that, it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God could just change your little plan. He He can and He could do that. And guess what? We're to trust Him and submit to His lordship over our life with a happy heart. <laughs> it's His. What what a what a comfort that is. What a comfort that is. Look at, look at uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Another good one here. Verse 24. Th th these are all related. Proverbs 20, 24. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? Oh, the sovereignty of God, brethren. The sovereignty of God. These verses have always encouraged me. When my plans have gone awry and things haven't worked out the way I've wanted them to or what have you. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's God's purpose that stands, and it's a good purpose. It's a good purpose. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him in the midst of your broken and delayed plans that He's good, that He's a good God? 
Brother, we need to be a people who are faithful and who trust the Lord. That's what we need to look at being. Being faithful to honor Him in our conduct in the midst of delay. Joseph, remember Joseph again. He's there, brethren, and, and, and he has these dreams. But Joseph, Joseph of, of Genesis. And he's in jail. You know what he's doing in jail? I think he's moping around in jail while he's in Egypt. No, he's serving. He's serving. And he's serving so well that the ruler of the jail there in Egypt makes him in charge. Puts him in charge of all the other, of all the other uh, 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 prisoners. He's, the one in, he's so faithful to just, to just honor the Lord. He's a good man. The Lord's with him. He gets favor in the eyes of the, of, of the jailkeeper and God, or, or, and, or God does it, but, but the jailkeeper makes him in charge because he's faithfully serving. Daniel, go to Daniel real quick. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. You got Jeremiah, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, geez, there we go, and then Daniel. <laughs> Daniel 6. Daniel chapter 6. Now remember, what's Daniel doing? Where's Daniel at in the book of Daniel? Yeah, he's in Babylon, right? He's in exile. He's out of the promised land. Remember that. Okay, he's out of the promised land. He's in exile. Remember, Israel was, was, was punished because they, because they broke covenant with the Lord and God, God sent them into exile and He was going to bring them back. Uh, but, 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 but they're under judgment here. Now, I want you to see with Daniel. So it says, it pleased, verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 1, it pleased Darius. Darius is the king. He's, he's uh, king of the Medes and Persians there. Darius the king. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. So here's Daniel. Daniel's, Daniel's a Jew in the land of Gentiles, and he is set, he is third, posi- he, he's the highest of three men in the kingdom of the Medes and Persians here. Daniel's one of them, so that the king might suffer no loss. Now go down a little bit to verse 4. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault. Why? Because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. Brethren, you see that? There is Daniel. He's in exile. He's in underneath the judgment of his people. And what's he doing there? He's being faithful. He's a faithful man. Serving the Lord. And not just serving the Lord. He's serving the king. His job is that the king might suffer no loss. That's like working in the White House... Well, we don't have a king, so maybe that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't fit that well. But it's like working for the president and making sure that the, that, that the kingdom suffers no loss. 
There he is, brethren, just being faithful to the Lord, serving. That's just my point here. There's Daniel in the midst of delay. He's out 70 years in exile they had to go through. And he's just serving the Lord. He's just serving the Lord. I want you to go back to Acts. Go to Acts chapter 28. Acts 28. Now here's Paul again. Okay. So Paul arrives at Rome. Finally, he's there. Okay, he's in Rome. You see that? Uh, you're heading there above verse 11. You see that Paul arrives at Rome. Acts 28. However, look at verse 16. When Paul came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So Paul's on, ho- Paul's on house arrest. Okay? He's kind of back in jail, but a little more, a little freedom here. He's under house arrest. And some things are happening here. Now I want you to go to verse 30. It said, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So there's Paul. He's finally in Rome. But what's he? Two years under house arrest. He's in jail again, essentially. You see that? Two years again under house arrest. Can't leave. Limited freedoms. But notice what he's doing here. Brethren, he's redeeming the time. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul delayed again for two years and again is taking advantage of his opportunities. Think of it. Just think of it. How many people heard the Apostle Paul teach about Christ, teach about the kingdom of God, who would not have heard Paul had he not been on house arrest again? You see that? And it says it's without hindrance. Now, this is kind of ironic because when you read Acts, Paul's constantly being hindered. He's going, he's going to one town, getting chased out, going to another town, getting chased out goes to another town, gets stoned. People are trying to kill him. People are trying to seek his life. He's, he's hindered everywhere. And finally, here he is in jail again. Here he is delayed again. And he's teaching without hindrance. Brethren, Paul has more freedom now than he ever had before. You see that? God is working all these things out for Paul's good and his glory. We know that passage in the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Brethren, God causes all things to work together for your good to those who love Him and to those who are called according to His purposes. And here we have God working things out for Paul's good and His own glory. I mean, I would love to go hear the Apostle Paul teach about the kingdom of God while he's on house arrest. Pull up a chair and let the man expound the scriptures for two years. This is going on. Oh, just, just think of how many people were blessed by that. And here's just Paul just in jail, de- delayed again. <laughs> delayed again, speaking of Christ and testifying. One more of Paul. Go, go back to Acts chapter 16. I want to show you something good that comes out of this that, that maybe you never really thought about before. Acts 16. 
One more about Paul, then a couple more examples, and then, and then, and then we'll wrap up here. Now, Paul is on another missionary journey. And he's with uh, Silas, and he's joined by Timothy. You see that there on top of your headings uh, in, in Acts 16? So they're going out again. They're going to go plant churches, preach the gospel. Now look at verse 6. Acts 16. It says, Then they went through the region of Ferga and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysa, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So you see that? They're trying to go into these regions. And what's happening? Who's stopping them? Yeah, God. The Spirit of God prohibits them. No, you can't go there. Now, we don't know what, how that worked itself out. But here, here they are. They're trying to go preach the gospel to these other, these other regions. Nope, can't go there. Okay, fine. Okay, no problem. We'll go down to Mysa. Okay, let's, go, let's try to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Nope, can't go there either. Blocked. So, verse 8, passing by Mysa, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go down into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, a couple of things I want to note here. First of all, it's this. Jesus Christ is leading and guiding redemptive history. You see that? He takes His servants, He takes His people, and He puts them where He wants them for His glory and for the good of His kingdom. Okay? See that first. They wanted to go here. Jesus said, no. They wanted to go here. Jesus said, no. You're not going there. You're going here to Macedonia where, uh, where, where they were sent. Now I want you to notice something. This is a very small detail, but I wanted to encourage you here. So here's Paul and his plans are delayed and his plans are ruined. And he has many plans going to these areas. But remember, it's a purpose of the Lord that stands. Now, now I want you to notice this. Notice the pronouns here. You guys know what a pronoun is? Okay, a little English lesson here. Okay. Pronoun, verse 6, they went through the region. Verse 7, and when they had come up to Mysa, they attempted to go into Bithynia. Verse 8, so passing by Mysa, they went down to Troas. Now go down to verse 10. They, 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 they. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. What just happened? They, 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 and then all these plans were blocked. Now it's we and us. Follow me here. Who wrote the book of Acts? Whoa, whoa, we got some different answers out here. Okay, let's try that again. (laughs) Who wrote Acts? Luke. Luke wrote Acts. So when Luke says... Us and we, what is he, what is he saying? He's, he's with them. They, 
went there couldn't go. They tried to go there but couldn't go. They had to come down into Macedonia and now we are going to go preach the gospel. Brethren, Paul's plans got all messed up. And you know what God brought out of that? The Apostle Luke. There's Luke. And he meets Paul right here. And he joins him on his missionary journey. You see that, brethren? You see the the good that God brings out of your broken plans? Here's Luke. Now, I don't know if we see Luke at all before this. I don't think we do. But here he is. He joins Paul out of nowhere. Brethren, you think about this. Think of the people that are in your life right now that would not have been in your life had you not been delayed or your plans have been broken or ruined. You think about that. Think about it. You, a lot of you are sitting in this room because some plan of yours got messed up 5, 10, 20 years ago, whatever it would be. You're sitting in the room. I, personally, I wanted to go to the Coast Guard. I wanted to get out of Vegas. I hated it here. Couldn't stand it here. Get me out. Wanted to join the military. And for some reason, did it. And here I am, married with a wife and five children in this church. And you fill in the blank for yourself. God brings good out of delay and broken plans. He brings people into your life that would not have been there had you gone somewhere else, had your little plans you wanted to go through. God is over all of it, brethren, bringing out good for His people. And here we got Luke. We got, I don't I mean, I don't know. Maybe we don't have Luke in Acts if we don't get Luke here. What, what, what if Paul went into Galatia? I don't know. It probably doesn't meet Luke. Luke's not in Galatia. He's down there. He, he, he's down in Troas. And that's when they picked up Luke. How they met, I don't know. <laughs> but what, does it matter? You see that small detail? I want that to encourage you. I want that to encourage you. In the midst of your broken plans, in the midst of your delay, you, you need to remember that God is working out good things. Good things for you. Good things for you. Last one here. I asked two more. Luke 24. Another example of delay. Now, this is something that we need as Christians. We need a lot of things, but I'll try to set this up for you here. Luke 24. Jesus goes, he dies on the cross, makes atonement for the sins of the world, takes a judgment upon himself that you and I deserve. And he raises from the dead. He's resurrected. He's the living king who conquered the grave and conquered death. And here he is speaking to his disciples. And he's commissioning them. He's charging them. He's he's instructing them. As your king, this is what you now go and do. This is for us as well. So then he said to them, verse 44. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words, Luke 24, 44. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That very, that, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer 
and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are, my wit- or you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Brethren, Jesus commissions His people to go out into the world and to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed in His name to all peoples. Brethren, repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is what we're told to go and tell people. You need to tell people. You need to repent. You need to turn from your ways and trust in Christ. There's forgiveness offered to you. This is our message to the world, brethren. Come to Christ. You need to have your sins forgiven. This is the problem of all mankind since Adam. Since Adam's sin in the garden all the way through. This is going to be the problem. This is the problem. Men and women need forgiveness. Because we have sinned against God. We are guilty. And we deserve judgment. But oh, if you come to Christ, He was judged in your stead. Trust in Him. Repent. Turn from your ways and believe in Him. Look to Him. He was punished on the cross. He took the wrath and judgment you deserve. There's forgiveness to be found in Him. That's our message to the world, brethren. That's our message to our neighbor and our family members. That's the message for for, for the people in Peru. There's forgiveness to be had. But you've got to repent. You've got to come to Christ. You've got to believe. You've got to see your need for Him. You stand underneath His wrath. But He would welcome you in if you just but come. You've got to humble yourself and come. That's what we're commissioned to go and tell people. But you know what He says? <laughs> Wait in the city. Wait. Don't you move a muscle until what? You are clothed with power from on high. Brother, we need the Spirit of God. We need His help to empower the message, to empower His Word, to draw people to Himself. Brother, we can't do it by our own power. Our programs, our cleverness, our intelligence, our, our, our way of communicating, it doesn't matter how good, you're, how good or not good of a communicator you are. It doesn't matter. You need the Spirit of God to help you, to empower you. You need to have the Spirit with you. And that's what Jesus tells them. You're going to go and preach this to the world? Yeah, that's a, that's a big task. Go tell your neighbor. That's a big task. Talk to your family members about Christ. That's a big task. But you need the Spirit. You need the power from on high to come and to help you and to take your meager, feeble words and give them power to strike the heart, to make a dead sinner alive in Christ. You need that power. And Jesus said, the promise is coming. I'm going to send my spirit. But you have to wait. You've got to be delayed. You've got to be delayed. Brethren, listen. There are times, there are times when we need to burst out and just go. You just got to do that. 
You just gotta just you just gotta burst out and just get over the hump and just go and do it and just go open your mouth and speak on one end, right? But brother, on the other end, it is right and necessary for you as God's people to tarry before the Lord. Not to just jump out and do things in your own power, but to wait upon Him, to seek Him, to be men and women of prayer, to read your Bible, to study the Scriptures, commit verses to memory, to pray, God, give me greater and greater manifestations of the Spirit's power in my life. Stephanie's been praying that in the prayer meetings, and I love that. But that's true. We need that, brethren. We need more and more of the Spirit's power in our life that we would be effective. Because without Him, brethren, it's, of, it's going to be of no avail. We can't, you can't convince someone to be a Christian. Even Paul, he's trying to persuade people, reasoning. But who's actually saving people? Not Paul. The Spirit of God. God using the Spirit. You see that? He says to wait. To wait. We need Him, brethren. We need the Spirit of God. And He promises to give Him if you just but ask. Read that there in Luke. He promises to give the Spirit to those who ask Him. We need more of Him. We need to ask. We need to ask. Brethren, God uses delay in our lives for good. To grow us, to teach us, and and for His purposes. We have to believe that. He's in control of everything. And I want to show you one more of the danger of delay. Here's on the other end of the spectrum. Yes, God's doing all these good things in delay, bringing out all these good purposes, but here's the danger of delay. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going we're gonna to end here. Isaiah chapter 40. Now, in context here, again, Israel is in exile in Babylon, okay? They've been judged because of their sin. Babylonians came, carried them off. They're in exile. And they're in exile awaiting deliverance. Deliverance is being delayed. And I want you to see what happens here in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Look at what the people say here. This is what Giovanni read earlier. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Hear that? There they are in the midst of delay. There they are in exile. And what's the danger of it? God, you've forgotten me. Lord, I'm here waiting for deliverance and you've forsaken me. My way is hidden from the... I mean, does the Lord even see? You ever feel that way? You ever feel that way when you're waiting for something? Lord, do you not see? Lord, do you not hear? Where are you, God? Where are you? And then what happens? You begin to doubt. You begin to doubt God's promises. You begin to doubt God's goodness. And you look at your situation and you go, God just must be busy doing something else. I mean, He's got a million, billions of people to take care of. He's got planets and stars and galaxies to uphold. And 
here I am in Las Vegas struggling and things aren't going my way. Is my way hidden before the Lord? My right disregard? God, you disregard me. Bro, that's the danger. That's the danger of delay. Questioning God. I mean, you, you think of Joseph. Joseph could have thought that way. He's in jail in Egypt. Where are you, Lord? David could have said that. Lord, I've been anointed king. When am I going to ascend to the throne? Abraham, Lord, you promised a child. Here we are 15 years later. No kid. Lord, where are you? Paul could have been in jail thinking, Lord, you said I'm going to go to Rome. And I'm in jail. What's going on here? They say the same thing, brethren, in Isaiah chapter 49. Look over there. Look over there. Isaiah 49. This happens again a few times in Isaiah. Isaiah 49, verse 13. Verse 13. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. Why? For the Lord has comforted His people and will have compassion on His afflicted. Verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. See, brethren, there it is. There it is. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 49. There they are, waiting for deliverance. Delayed. Plans are hindered. And they're saying, God has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. You ever feel that way, brethren? Lord, you've forgotten. Lord, you've forsaken me. Where are you, Lord? I think it's easy to feel that way. It's easy to think that way. But you know what God says? And we need to listen to this answer. And we're going to close right here to this statement. Look at what he says in verse 15. Lord, you've forsaken me. You've forgotten me. Then verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I will not forget you. You see that, brethren? It is more likely... That Sierra or Kelsey or uh, Jessica or Madeline forgets their nursing child. And look at Hosea and look at Josiah and uh, Selah and Remington and go, who are you? I don't know you. It's easier for that to happen than for God to forget you. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's impossible for these mothers, any mother, to forget their nursing child. For those nursing mothers to have compassion on their children. They would never do that. And God says, these may forget, yet I will not forget you. He will not, brethren. He will not forget you in the midst of your delay, in the midst of your broken plans though it doesn't look good, though you may be sitting in exile in Babylon, God says, it's okay. I have not forgotten you. What a compassionate God we have, brethren. What a good God we have. One who will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never forget you. 
A God whose compassion overflows towards you. He could never forget you. (laughs) Though it seems that way. And though we question Him. He's faithful, brethren. He is faithful. He loves you. And that fact alone, that verse alone, verse 15, ought to give you enough hope to strengthen you, to press on. To press on. And whatever you're dealing with this morning, to press on and cling to Christ. That's what he says in Isaiah 40. I'm going to read this and we're closing. Why do you... Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God. This is Isaiah 40, 28. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth. Youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for Yahweh shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, brethren, you have hope there to wait for the Lord. To wait for Him. They shall mount up. They shall run. They shall walk. They shall not be weary. God will give supernatural strength. To you, brethren, if you hold on to Him and you wait for Him trustingly, you cling to Him, that ought to give you courage to wait upon Him in the midst of delay. He will strengthen you. He will help you. And those who wait on the Lord shall not be put to shame. Shall not be put to shame. Brethren, mark it down. Mark it down. God is working in the midst of delay in your life for good and for His glory. Trust Him. Lean upon Him. For you have a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. May that, brethren, cause you to press on in faithfulness as we wait upon Him. Let's pray.